Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, this is your host Victor Anakin and welcome back to the Afroverdict podcast where I speak to African youth, experts and prominent figures to give you, our listeners, an African perspective on global and local events. Today on the 15th of September, we celebrate International Democracy Day. But nowadays, democracy, like many other concepts of course, has assumed different connotations. The West, for example, sees democracy particularly as the one closely attached to the neoliberal democratic style, which frankly doesn't appear everywhere on our planet. Now, to help me examine how the West distorts the concept of democracy and imposes its model and values of democracy in Africa and around the world, I'm joined by Dr. David Monyai, the co-director of the Confucius Institute at the University of Johannesburg, an international relations and foreign policy expert who holds a PhD in international relations from the University of Witwatersrand, as well as Professor Larry Amusan, professor at the Department of Politics and International Relations at Northwest University in South Africa. Prof, doctor, welcome to Afro Verdict. Hello. You're most welcome. All right. So let's start with how is the concept of democracy being distorted in the Western political discourse? I think our starting point should be democracy as a concept, democracy in its totality. It's something that is inherently good. However, um, the manner in which it is being implemented, um, the applicate, I mean, the application of, of democracy at this particular juncture is lots of distortion. Um, the manner in which is developed in the Western world and spread with a certain particular bias towards um, certain norms and values that are more Western than than African, and therefore. Um, our understanding of democracy is that uh, uh, it's nothing new. It's something that has been on our continent, within our own culture. Um, however, we are forced by circumstances, particularly in the post-Cold War era, to really uh, follow strictly uh, a Western uh, democracy, which in the end, does not provide um, the desired outcomes in terms of deliverables uh, on the table. Right, Doc, thanks a lot. Professor Musan. over to you. Thank you. There's an elementary definition of democracy which says that it is the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Try, try to interrogate what democracy means in the, from 20th to 21st century. One way appreciate the fact that democracy is not meant for everybody. It is a system that is only for the political and economic elite in any society. When you look into how Africa is specifically, you could see that there are so many challenges that are attributed to what democracy is, is all about. Because Introducing what some scholar calls unipolar moment, you will see that democracy and democratization is being globalized. And when you globalize a certain concept without looking into the environment where you want to practice it, it's always a problem. Because what is applicable in the Western world may not be applicable in Asia. And what is applicable in Asia may not be applicable in Africa. 
because we have different stories. We have so what I'm trying to say is that the concept of democracy as understand by the Western world is totally different from what democracy is all about in Africa. So the concept of unipolar moment cannot be applicable because what is, like I alluded before, what is applicable in the Western world in Europe may not even be applicable in America. So try to impose a certain uh, product into an environment that you don't know much about. Though Africa, except for Liberia and possibly Ethiopia, that were not colonized, the rest of Africa were colonized by different colonial, by different colonial laws. And one cannot say that what is applicable in Francophone countries is equally applicable in Anglophone or Lusophone states. So try to uh, introduce a certain type of government system like uh, democracy that, that you talk about or live democracy is causing problem in Africa. And that is why Africa continue to remain underdeveloped. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. What challenges do you think most African countries face during their democratization phase? So those countries that were producing oil, they were self-sufficient and the IMF and World Bank came to Africa telling, telling these countries that are self-sufficient that they need to borrow. And borrowing this money from 19, specifically from 1979 in Nigeria, started to brew so many crises within the country and by extension into so many African countries. So by introducing this uh, system, it continued to suffocate both political and economic system uh, in, the, in the continent. Then the introduction of multipartism into Africa. Africa has not been knowing a system whereby you pitch one, one group against another. Uh, the issue uh, of a liberal, liberal democracy, um, which uh, is being forced uh, on the African continent. Um, and it is uh, linked to the markets that you cannot operate freely in terms of developing your economy without necessarily uh, developing your political liberal openness, which is multipartism, um, short, I mean, uh, term limits, um, and a particular way of um, um, anyone uh, anyone uh, that you can pick on the streets uh, can be a president. Uh, uh, the funding part, that is a problem uh, that tends to have uh, those with money and that money mostly coming from Western world uh, tend to favor particular candidates that uh, advance the interests of, of, of Western countries. Um, which has brought a lot of challenges. I mean, if you see endless coups in West Africa, uh, it's direct results of this kind of application uh, of democracy. And there has been a number uh, of challenges. One major 
is this uh, a religious way of advancing the uh, voting, crossing um, across on the ballot box um, that is seen as religious? And uh, in the end, uh, there is no democracy in terms of evaluation, seeing exactly what they um, bring when they are in power. Most of uh, so-called democracies on the African are are just there by name. You look at Zambia, there's so much noise about Zambia uh, with the current president. Uh, But, I mean, it was just noise. Um, uh, Crisis of unemployment, lack of infrastructure, uh, poverty in a number of areas. Uh, And therefore, democracy in Zambia means favoring Western countries who are coming in, um, are taking advantage in terms of uh, mineral um, deals that they're signing, and their own fight um, against particular other powers at the global level, uh, namely Russia and China. And therefore, to be democratic uh, is to favor the West. Uh, and, and, and people on the ground seem to have huge challenges with such notion of democracy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. You've mentioned the sort of challenges. What values are associated with specifically the Western liberal democracy? And I know you've touched on them slightly in your previous answer, but also explain to us how they're being imposed on African countries. We are talking about liberal democracy. It is not totally far away from liberal economic system. And when you are talking about liberal economic system, you invariably talking about the forces of demand and supply to determine when and how to produce goods and services. I remember in the 60s when the wind of uh, so-called democracy blew across Africa. Many countries that subscribe to a Western value of democracy, what they, like I, I said, they embark on multi-party system. We must forget that it was the time of Cold War, whereby the two incompatible watertight ideological uh, divisions was in place, whereby it's either you subscribe to the Western idea or you subscribe to the Eastern idea. But in 1955, as a result of the Bandung Conference, that brought about non-aligned movement. But because of the economic challenges that Africans were facing as a result of the colonial system that was imposed on them, they were unable to maintain the theoretical underpinning line movement in the continent. The problem that this system brought about is not only political, but equally economic system. Because when you look into the causes of this crisis, most especially in Niger, in Mali, and Burkina Faso, we appreciate the fact that Paris government made it mandatory for the Francophone countries of Africa to deposit 80% of their external reserve into the Paris bank. So the implication of that is when these countries are staff of fund, they go back to Paris government and borrow out of their money at an interest. So what I'm trying to say in essence is that at the end of the day, this type of policy continue to 
relegate Africa and reduce the same continent to the hewers of wood and drawers of water. Dr. Munae, what do you think about this? I think the most damaging value is this individualistic uh, value or the markets. Um, individualistic, they tend to favor elite, um, uh, the educated, those who are closer, uh, proximity to Western um, elites. Uh, they seem to be favored in this. It tends to negate African uh, Ubuntu, uh, where people really uh, think in communities, communal uh, understanding, which is our traditional way that I am, because you are, my existence cannot uh, continue in your absence, and therefore hunger in your neighbor, it's, it means hunger in my own household. And this kind of relationship has um, uh, brought a lot of challenges and also favoring certain companies uh, that apply um, a way of um, infrastructure development only in the zones of elites uh, and lack of utilization of the state as the core um, uh, bringing about uh, development, uh, particularly in poor areas in terms of big infrastructure, uh, which uh, most of these countries in the West see that is uh, wastage um, uh, of resources or what they call white elephants. Um, and therefore, that in itself, some of these values which are in themselves are anti-African culture. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective that I don't think gets enough light, especially from the West. What's your take on that? Knowing that there are concepts that are important to South Africa and other African countries, such as Ubuntu, and they are inherently good. You can't call them oppressive or anything. They don't have a negative context to them. And since they are sort of a part of the uh, innate culture of the African people, why, why does the West sort of ignore these things and continue to push with their agenda of a liberal democracy? Yeah, I think the, the West undermine and, and, and belittle uh, African norms and values and culture and civilization uh, deliberately uh, in favor of their own culture uh, that they impose. Um, uh, there is a fear uh, uh, in terms of uh, advancing their narrow interests. They uh, make maximum benefits in terms of advancing this democracy as part of a package at a global level, led mainly by companies, um, which they, they see as globalization. Globalization, in their view, is uh, westernization and the advancement of Western norms and values globally. Um, uh, uh, and, 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 and as we look at it, we have absolutely no problem with globalization or democracy. Uh, I think what we are only saying is that that democracy must be uh, people-centered. It's a democracy that must uh, have a certain characteristics that are African. For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host, Victor Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Dr. Monyae and Professor Amusan just explained that democracy is not solely defined by the West and that the model the people of African countries want is one that encompasses elements of traditional African governance. 
However, the West seems to turn a blind eye to this and continues to push its agenda of liberal democracy. Now, this poses a question of what is it trying to achieve? Stay tuned to find out. What are the sort of say the goals of the West in preaching about these universal values of so-called true democracy? What are they trying to achieve? Professor Musan, please, sir, would you like to take the floor first on this matter? It is nothing but to impose economic of disarticulation into Africa. Now we are talking about the theory of markets, technology, and transport. That implies is that the Western world will try as much as possible to make sure that they impose whatever is going to be for them. You remember, Africa is being relegated to the producers of input for the manufacturing industries. Now, under normal condition, Africa is supposed to be the basket, uh, the basket of food in the world because more than almost 60% of arable land that you can find globally, except perhaps in Russia and a little bit of India and China. But when you go to European countries, when you go to Africa, be your Canada, be your your United States of America, you realize that the agricultural activities is being centered into the developed countries and under normal conditions, it is Africa that's supposed to be producing this food. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they are not producing uh, agricultural products in Africa. There is what we call land grabbing. And what land grabbing means is that many of them came to Africa. They bought land. Some entire military and politicians in Africa, they equally banned land for speculatory purpose. And when you look into your uh, developed countries, they equally came to Africa to buy land. And what are they producing? What, who are they produced for? Majority of them, they are producing in order to feed their animals. Many of them are producing as an alternative to fossil fuel in terms of production of ethanol. So by implication, the landlords, the owner of the lands, they've been turned to tenants on their land. And as a result of that, those people can produce food. They are unable to do that again. I think they achieve hegemony. I think at the heart of the matter is the question of hegemonic um, advancement, um, uh, maximum control in terms of uh, the minerals, uh, the people, exploitation um, uh, in Africa, as well as pushing out other actors, uh, other ideas. Uh, Our understanding is that democracy, it must be an enriching concept uh, as much as we are advancing democracy with African characteristics, uh, we do indeed draw on certain best practices, whether they're coming from the West or East or any other part. But in this setting, they strictly want a democracy that is um, uh, Western and uh, to, to advance this particular agenda. I totally am with you on this point. How do you think is the notion of democracy being used by the Western countries to get involved in the internal affairs of African states? When you look into African setup before colonial system was introduced, we had our perfect economic and political system. 
For example, in West Africa, we have age grade system whereby somebody from uh, zero to 15 years, they have their responsibilities. From 15 years to 30 years, they have their responsibilities. But immediately, the Western idea is being imposed on Africa. All the cultural activities, all our heritage, they've been bastardized. Thank you. They um they tend to use money um and and favoring particular uh, parties. Um, they tend to influence um uh, the way in which constitutions are are made in these countries, and then they tend to uh, advance particular elites in 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 governments. Uh, they in terms of training. Uh, through scholarships, through uh, a number of ways in which um, these servants of the people, uh, instead of delivering uh, to their people, they tend to advance policies that that are pro-Western, that favor Western interests. That's where we now have problems with such um, a setting. We are requiring a democracy that is people-centered, um, protects the interests, uh, of the people uh, through uh, uh, protection of uh, the mineral, ensuring that the mineral resources we have on the African continent uh, favor and benefit Africans. Um, and therefore, when you look at it, the wholesome value chain uh, of these um, uh, tendencies uh, uh, tend to be anti-democratic. Um, we have been applying these forms of democracy for a while since the end of Second World, um, Cold, uh, the end of Cold War up to now. And we haven't seen any tangible uh, results on the ground. And therefore, um, our own view is that uh, the West gives democracy a bad name. Uh, so what do you think should um, African countries consider doing uh, in order to advance their own interests? They need to unite. They need to ensure that Africa cannot operate with these smaller countries from Berlin Conference of 1884-85, uh, in which Africa was uh, disintegrated into smaller units, um, unable to defend their interests at a global level, uh, operating as these units uh, at a disadvantage. And therefore, regional economic communities such as SADC, West Africa, uh, ECOWAS, East Africa, Central Africa, uh, as well as the AU, strengthen these and ensure that you advance uh, regional integration. Uh, a united Africa with 1.3 billion people uh, has much more weight in terms of defending its interests, uh, defending its voice within multilateral structures, and to have uh, this pushback uh, ensure that Africa develops like all other parts of the world. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Doc. Lastly, some African thinkers have argued that the governance systems in traditional pre-colonial African societies were democratic because they ensured the so to say, maximal participation of all members in the governance of society. And um, you've touched on this as well, I think, in the response to, to my first question. Uh, can the principles derived from the traditions be an alternative to what is being promoted by the West nowadays? And how soon can um, and how effectively can this be implemented? I think the idea of ensuring that democracy uh, in Africa should have 
African characteristics uh, hinges on precisely this point that uh, we need to draw and learn lessons from our past. Uh, they can, you cannot advance, any society cannot advance without understanding its own civilization. Um, and to really deal with the view that uh, Ubuntu and the African traditional uh, governance system uh, worked because it considered the commun community. Yes, indeed, there are certain elements of that tradition that we need to deal away with, uh, particularly on gender and other issues. But this should be working work in progress in terms of selecting the very best of our traditional um, ways of governance and, and learn from others um, all over the world. Uh, we can learn from the Chinese, for instance, um, their way of governance, they ensure that those who lead are the people who are um, educated, um, who have skills in particular area of governance that they're involved. You cannot really put someone to be a minister of energy and doesn't even know what energy is and, and no technical knowledge in that area. So I think we need to advance that uh, a hybrid form of governance uh, that we need in the end we look at the results. With the more we advance the interest um, delivery, service delivery to the people, the better that democracy is. Uh, if that democracy does not, and we all religiously queuing just to put an ax um, for the sake of doing it, then we should abandon that form of democracy, in my view. Thanks, Doc. Just as a follow-up, now, I mean, we've discussed that this modern system of democracy is profitable and valuable to the West. And evidently, I mean, it wouldn't be foolish to assume that the West wouldn't let go of the current system that exists today due to the advantages. If African states were now suddenly to begin implementing their own forms of democracy, what sort of resistance can we expect from the West? And to what extent would you expect they would go? There has been a lot of resistance already. It's not something that is futuristic. If we go back to 1960, I think you're quite aware what happened to Patrice Lumumba. They murdered him. Um, what happened to uh, Sankara uh, in Burkina Faso and a number of African countries where certain African leaders, including Kwame Nkrumah himself, 1966, um, when he protected Africa's interests, Ghanaian interest. Uh, a coup was somehow hedged uh, with the assistance of uh, uh, foreign powers involving uh, European and uh, CIA from United States in, in, in carrying out some of the most brutal um, uh, way of taking uh, legitimate uh, leadership and governing systems and, and put in uh, a leadership that uh, advanced the interests of Western countries. And therefore, I think, um, in conclusion, I foresee a clash um, in which more governments are going to be toppled. Um, however, if we are to learn with the events in West Africa, um, I think the people prevail in the end. Uh, uh, people are much more aware, they're much more educated. Um, they're, they're seeing other regions develop, in particular Asia, that 
underwent war more or less semi similar situation, and therefore I think there will be resistance in ensuring that Africa uh, is governed by Africans and uh, it has a form of, of governance system that is anchored in African norms and values. Another follow-up: Who do you think African states can turn to? Uh, in terms of assistance, in terms of resisting the um, this oppressive push of imposing uh, Western liberal democracy, uh, I think as we started uh, that Africans are not anti-democracy; um, they are pro-democracy, but the democracy that is. Um, understood within their locality uh, with the norms and values that are African. I think this uh, has a lot of support all over the world. There are countries that um, has been working with Africa on a number uh, of years and decades. And, and the irony of it is that even within Western world, there are progressive forces uh, that are pro-Africa and uh, uh, working in solidarity with Africans in in, in resisting uh, this um, hegemonic Western neoliberal democracy. Uh, other powers, uh, Africa needs to have relationship with a number of countries all over the world as the AU um, has a strategic partnership um, strategy where it works with a number of countries uh, your China, your 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 um, Russia, your countries that are, are at an advanced stage in terms of development, in terms of uh, governance systems that Africa could draw on certain elements from all over the world. However, led by Africans uh, with Africans' norms and values and governance uh, tradition. Professor Musan, Dr. Monyai, thanks a lot for joining us today and taking the time to explain this seemingly complicated dilemma to our listeners. Like you said, let's stick together, let's unite and focus on the well-being of the African continent. Let's not forget history and mix and match the best there is the world has to offer to find that which will ultimately work for the benefit of the people of Africa. Dear listeners, don't forget that you can always listen to the Afro Verdict podcast on platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Castbox, Podcast Addict, as well as AfriPods. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account, and other socials to always stay up to date on local and global events. If you're tired of scrolling through our Sputnik Africa webpage, do yourself a favor and download the Sputnik Africa app. We'll literally always accompany you with the latest news. That's that for today, dear listeners. Happy Democracy Day to all of you, and I'll see you next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.